0: Father, of everything except you, we want you to speak to us. God, let me decrease so you can increase. Father, help us to remember that this isn't about us. This is all about you. And we want to give you the glory and the worship that you deserve. And we thank you for that now in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever heard the phrase, give the man some room to work? Have you ever heard that? Wave your hand at me if you've heard that. Just give the man some room to work. How many of you have ever felt crowded when you were trying to do something? Wave your hand if you've ever felt that. Whether it was in the kitchen, cannon, and children running around. My mom used to chase us out of the kitchen. She'd be cannon. This was back. You know, now they've got all these newfangled pressure cookers. My mom had those that went, and so, man, you, you, you know, it was like there was a walk through the house kind of, <laughs> you know, with a beat going on, and then but when we got in the kitchen, she was real nervous about us kids in the kitchen because she said, and she, man, on more than one occasion, she told me, don't get near that pressure cooker because it can blow, and so she, it was like she didn't want to feel like she was crowded when she was working, we were doing a roof in Trinidad several years ago on a church. It was a sheet metal roof. And as we started putting that up, all of a sudden, and you have to understand, we're in a, a place called Carnahan. We're, we're back in the bush. And at that time, Carnahan had no electricity. So you know the kids were looking for anything for entertainment i mean they uh, this is no exaggeration they came on the job site and they started singing and and they got their musical instruments out which consisted of a brake drum that came off of a car a concrete trowel and a 55 gallon empty barrel and i'm telling you they had it Moving, they had they. I couldn't believe the music they were getting out of that. And everybody was saying, "Well, when we started putting this roof up, those children were running around inside, and man, it was making me nervous because if you've dealt with sheet metal, you understand how dangerous that is. A piece of sheet metal come off that roof and hit a child running, or, or the child didn't have to be running. It come off and hit that child. It could decapitate that child." And, and, I, and, and finally, I just stopped, and I said, I, I went to the pastor. I said, look, man, you, you've got to clear this building. I said, this is too dangerous. We need room to work. Everybody say, give me some room. You ever feel like you were crowded? I, how many of you love Black Friday? I don't. I don't. I don't. I, I went out. The, the, I, I got broke from Black Friday years ago. I, I went out. I got up. Man, like it. I went into town. I don't know. It was midnight or something that they were starting it, or two o'clock in the morning, whatever it was. And I drove into town, and I I I, I drove by Walmart, and I just kept on driving. Because that parking lot was so cram-packed, and then I thought, well, I'm going to go up to Best Buy because I know that they don't open till like 4, and, and it was like 3.30, and there was a line outside Best Buy's parking lot stretched all the way down, and I'm thinking, and then I went to Kmart, and I, I went into the parking lot, and, and I drove right back out. I didn't even get out and go into a store. I said, there's nothing I need this bad what are you saying I didn't I didn't want to feel crowded I I don't like getting into places where all of a sudden I got you know what I'm talking about we had a duck as a pet when I was a child his name was Donald and Donald would crowd you Donald had a way of he, he was a duck But he ruled the roost. (laughs) And my sister would get out in the yard, and that duck would chase her all over that yard until he chased her back up those concrete steps, and then he would stand there going, quack, 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 looking at her, daring her to come off of those steps. I was opening the basement up. We had a combination lock, and I had on a pair of shorts. I was outside, and I had my back, you know, turned opening that basement and Donald came up and got me right in the bend of the leg man grabbed hold of my leg I grabbed a stick and I thought that duck didn't back off or nothing that duck stayed there and battled me with his beak and I was trying to and I'm thinking and then it was like the the climax finally came when my brother Daryl was under the car changing oil and Donald slipped underneath that car with Daryl without him knowing it and he got a hold of my brother's ear and just started whipping that ear all over the place and Daryl finally grabbed Donald by the neck and slung him out from underneath there and that duck just quack 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 all over the place because it's like he he was thinking I'm the one that commands the show around here unfortunately sometimes without even knowing it that's how we can get with God that instead of allowing him to be God and following after him and seeking his face and his will, we crowd him. We begin to let God know what he ought to be doing. We begin to let him know. We, have you ever sat down and had a conference with God and instruct him on how he ought to run his job? You know, none of us want to admit to it, but sometimes our prayers end up that way. How many times have we got down and prayed and started telling God, Look, God, all you got to do is this and then take care of it? It's as if He doesn't know. And so, what God dealt with me about for the last couple of weeks, and you have to understand this, that anytime you start to enter into a, a, a place, where God is going to take you to another level, you're going to experience an attack. The devil will not let it go uncontested. And so for the, the last few—it it got intensified this past week—attacks. But I understood— and, and I, I'm telling you that God was trying to get my attention and get me focused. And this is where he brought me this past week. Joshua 3, verses 2 and 4. He makes a statement, and he said, or this is in Joshua 3, verses 2 and 4. And it happened at the end of three days that the officers went throughout the camp and they commanded the people, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from where you are and follow it. Everybody say, follow the ark. In the Old Testament, the ark of God symbolized the presence of God. And so he's saying, follow the presence. He said, you set out and you follow it. Now listen to what he says. However, there shall be a distance between you and it of about 2,000 cubics, 3,000 feet by measurement. Do not come near it so that you may be able to see the ark. Everybody say, I need to see it. Do not come near it so you'll be able to see the ark and know the way you are to go, for you have not passed this way before. Now, let me share with you that God has been dealing with me. And and I don't know how to say this other than prepping me, that we are going where we have never gone before we're going where we've never gone before as a church we're going where we've never gone before as a nation and we are going where we have never gone before in the world God is getting ready to show himself and there are some things that are going to begin to transpire so quickly that we have got to be ready and positioned for it now when it says don't come near the ark It's not talking about not coming near the ark in the sense of intimacy. It's talking about don't crowd God. Now think about this. There are over 2 million people that are in this wilderness. 600,000 men came out. You add women and children to that. Then there's a mixed multitude that came out with them. You know, there are estimates that it could have been as as high as 3 million people that came out of Egypt. And they have to be able to see the ark. Have you ever gotten in a crowd where you couldn't see who you were with? And so what God is doing is saying, I want to set up an environment where you can see my glory. I want to set up an environment where you don't struggle with seeing who I am and where I am. You remember when Jesus came through town one day? And there was such a multitude of people around him that a guy ended up climbing up in a sycamore tree because Zacchaeus was saying, I am going to get myself in a position to see him. I'm not about to miss what's passing by. I am going to be a part of it if I've got to go up this tree to do it. Positioning yourself. Not crowding God, not not giving God instructions, but getting to a place where you can see him. Years ago, when the kids were little, Debbie was in the grocery store, and she, you know, kids have been walking by her side, and all of a sudden she's going down the aisle, and without looking, everybody say, without looking, in the entrance of the store oh the entrance of the store this keeps getting better every service in the entrance of the store she's she's getting ready she she was she she didn't identify our children she just grabbed a couple and when she did when she did she grabbed these two kids Their their parents were right there. She was getting a cart. She grabs the two kids to go with her. And and the the kids' parents are there. And our kids are standing there looking at her. And the other kids are looking at their parents. And Debbie's saying, come on, let's go. (laughs) And, and And it is all because of her perspective. Now, hear me. How many times do we think we've got the right perspective and instead of allowing God to take us by the hand, we're reaching out and grabbing anything we can get a hold of and say, come on, God, let's go. When we've got a set idea and a set plan without submitting that to God and allowing God to give us instructions rather than trying to give God instructions, we, my friend, are going to end up in the wrong place. I have, I have felt God, man, I'm telling you, it got intense this week. I, 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 God has been dealing with me about some things. And in this, this week, not, not only have I been going through some spiritual warfare over the last few months, but this, this week it got personal. Everybody say personal. It got physical. I wound up in an ER. I haven't been in an ER in my life as a patient. the first time in my life and what had happened was i what we're figuring what had happened was i got food poisoning a couple months back and there was a bacteria that had lingered in my stomach that i didn't know about and i started having problems and man tuesday night i spent the whole night awake with the dry heaves uh, and praying god i gotta have some relief nothing's coming up nothing's happening and i got and, and so i finally went in and i looked at the lady I got to the yard ER and I looked at the lady and I'm I'm like a, you know Debbie was pleading with me. You got to go, you got to. Go. And I, I, she said, just go in and 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 I, I go in. And I looked at the lady and I said, ma'am, she, they're going to give me an IV. They were going to do a lot of other stuff. I said, no, I don't want to do that. I thought, look, it's my body. I not you know. And so I she starts to give me an IV and I looked at her and I said, ma'am, I said you need to understand. I said I've never had an IV in my life. I'm past twenty nine. I said, "So you're going to get this right the first time, right?" Because I'd listened to too many of you telling me how many times you got stuck, and 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 they just and said, "Man, you felt like a pincushion and all this other stuff." And I thought, "Well, we're we going to solve this problem right here, up front." And so she stuck me here, and and she she said, "Man, I, you know, I'm not getting any." blood here and then she stuck me up here and she apologized later and if she hadn't said anything i wouldn't have realized that she had done that she was trying to do an iv there i thought she was just trying to get some blood there and then but what it was she couldn't get it going there so she got it going here and then and but hear me i'm in the er telling them what they need to do How many times have we done that to God? And I think sometimes God smiles at it, and I think sometimes God gets tired of it. Well, are you sure that you might get tired? Well, let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever had a child? that was trying to tell you what you need to do oh that's cute at three (laughs) but when they turn 13 it's done got past cute and it's like okay let me explain something here I am the parent you got that because right now you're getting your roles confused and so This is how this works. And so we as parents have had to remind our children who's in charge. Is it any wonder that God has to remind us who's in charge? Everybody say, God, you're in charge. Now, the idea is that God is saying, do you understand that when you can I explain when you when you get close to something that's bigger than you are you can't take it all in you understand what i'm talking about like for example sears tower in chicago so let's say that i say hey i'm going to take you to the sears tower in chicago ray i put you in a car put a blindfold on you we take off i get into chicago get you to the sears tower take you by the hand leads you up to the sears tower open up the door and i said take off your blindfold ray and you take your blindfold off and i said you're at the sears tower well it's true you're at the sears tower but you have no idea of the majesty of that building and how great it is because you're too close to it to be able to see its glory sometimes we take God for granted sometimes all of a sudden we when I say close I'm not talking about in the terms of intimacy it's just like we start taking God for granted and we forget that he's a holy God and he's a God that's to be reverenced and a God to be worshiped and when we see him all of a sudden it's like hey man I slapped Jesus on the back this morning and said hello Lord If we're going to go where we've never been before, we have to do what we've never done before. Everybody say, a time to draw close. Have you ever been to the Sight and Sound Theater in Branson? Anybody? Wave your hand if you've been there. We're going in September. I intentionally always get seats in the balcony if I can, if I'm able. Always in the back. Well, pastor, can't you get us seats up front? Yeah. Well, why don't you? Because I don't want to. <laughs> well, closer, the closer you get. No, you, you have to understand something. Because sometimes we confuse closeness with intimacy. And what I'm talking about, I may be, I'm, I'm, I'm close to Mike right now. But that doesn't mean that I have and a close relationship, an intimate relationship with Mike. So what happens, and what, I'm, I'm like, he's not, you know, it, you, you, you get what I'm saying? I may be in a crowd of people, And when I'm in that crowd of people, that doesn't mean that I know all those people. I'm close to them in the sense of location, but I am not close to them in the sense of my relationship and the sense of my heart. And so you can come to church all your life, but that doesn't mean that we're close in the sense of relationship. And God is saying, I got to have some folks that are hungry for my presence, that want to get in to a place with me where they've never been before the reason I don't want the front seat at sight and sound is because if you sit in the front seat you miss so much because that 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 stage wraps all the way around that building and I've discovered that I need like Zacchaeus I want to be in a place where I can see the glory of God. Zacchaeus may have been closer to Jesus physically when he was on the ground, but he couldn't see him. And so that physical relationship, you, you know, doesn't, are, are you following me? Are you tracking with what I'm saying? We may come to church and feel like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm right there where I should, and I'm glad you're at church. Matter of fact, I'd like you to bring some folks with you. <laughs> And so when, but what I'm talking about is in the sense of intimacy. That comes from the heart. And this is what I've discovered. I used to travel all the way to Russia. I was over 6,000 miles away from my wife. But I carried her in my heart. Because at that point, distance didn't matter. It was just, I loved her he instructs the people i want you to be in a place where you can see me i want you to be in a position where when you look up there's no doubt in my mind or in your mind where i'm at and where i'm taking you because folks i'm going to take you where you've never been before the fifth verse in chapter 3 of joshua it says, Then Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves for his purpose. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders, miracles among you. How many of you are hungry for the wonder of God? Do you realize that the wonder of God is, is all around us? Let me, let me show you a few of his wonders See, sometimes we miss it. You, a construction crew didn't go out there and paint that. That's the wonder of God. Go to the next one. A vast ocean that has so many different hues of blue in it that it makes your jaw drop. Go to the next one mountains that take your breath away these are all wonders of god or what what about cherry blossom trees it's just a tree, but the splendor of it when it is, when you are looking at it from the right position can just cause you to chills to go over you. This is what I'm saying, We have these are natural wonders of God, but have you ever seen the wonder of God that took a soul, a life that was distraught, that was falling apart, all of a sudden, he wrapped himself around it and changed that life forever? That's what Kat was talking about when she was talking about these children. Some that have been pushed out by their own parents that they don't care. But hear me, they have a Father in heaven that cares about them. God wants to take us where we have never been before. But he can't do that if we're casual with him. What if if I told Debbie in the morning, I said, Hey, babe, I love you. Get up and make me some breakfast. Well, didn't I say all the right things? Said all the right things with the wrong attitude. All the right things in the wrong way. But if I said, hey, baby, how you doing this morning? Love you, honey. How about we get some breakfast together? then we can spend the day together. (laughs) See, I already got her attention, and it ain't even tomorrow yet. (laughs) If you ever just went to God hungry for just him, Where you go in and you're not asking God for anything. But you're just saying, God, I I want you. I want your presence. I, I want you to hold me. And then when you feel him do that, It's like, I don't want to leave those arms. I want to hang out there for a while. I felt God speaking to me, telling me, I need you to get prepared, because I'm going to take you where you've never been before. You remember at the beginning of last year when I was talking to you and I was making statements about, I don't want us to miss this. I, I, I don't want this to pass us by and we'd be looking at this in the rearview mirror. And we've seen so many things that are happening, but I'm telling you, in my spirit, I felt something begin to intensify, and I felt like that God was saying, you've got to get this to them. You've got to let them know that I'm trying to. I'm, I'm going to wrap my arms around this body, and we're getting ready to make a journey together. I don't want to leave anybody behind. I, I don't want any stragglers. I, I don't want anybody, you looking back and thinking, well, they didn't get it, they didn't come with us, but if we... Are, if we've got our mindset and our eyes focused, then we're not going to miss his wonders. Elisha experienced this with Elijah. Elijah came by and he cast his mantle on Elisha's shoulder. He didn't say anything, he just cast his mantle. Because I'm telling you that when God shows up, he doesn't have to say anything. When God shows up all of a sudden, man, his presence will apprehend you. He cast that mantle on Elijah's shoulder, and Elisha turned around and he looked at Elijah and he said, Hey, let me let me go bid my mother and my father goodbye, and I'm going. And and Elijah looks at Elisha and he said, What have I done to you? Let me put it in perspective for you. What he's saying is this you know what you felt it's up to you whether you choose to follow so you know what god has done for you you know how you felt him we have to be careful right now that we don't begin to take god for granted but that we with a heart's desire begin to go after him And so, Elisha went after Elijah, and he is dedicated to him. Listen to that verse 5 again. Verse 5 makes that statement, sanctify yourselves for his purpose, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders, miracles. He's dedicated himself to following, and finally, Elijah looks at Elisha and says, what do you want me to do for you? And he looked at him and he said, I want a double portion of your spirit Elijah looks at him I can see in my mind Elijah shake his head and say man you've asked for a hard thing that's not easy He said but if you see me when I'm taken then you're going to get what you're after and all of a sudden a whirlwind came through and it separated them everybody say a distance And I wonder if in Elisha's mind, he was thinking, oh no, oh no, I'm about to lose him. I'm about to lose out here. I feel something pulling me. It wasn't God pushing Elisha away. It was God drawing Elijah up. And as he went up, then all of a sudden, there's a phrase that sometimes we miss. And it says, and Elisha saw it. And I wondered, Daryl, if when he saw it, he began to think, you know what? (laughs) I got a promise. That's what this was all about. He said, I'm going to take you where you've never been before. I'm getting ready to take you uh, to the promise that I made to you. Uh, You're going to see it unfold before you, uh, so keep your eyes focused. And he he goes over and he picks up that mantle and he walks over to the Jordan and he took that mantle and he hit those waters and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And he saw the wonder of God. Don't be afraid to take hold of the mantle because if we want to behold his wonders, we're going to have to follow after his presence. You remember me talking about, I've been talking about taking God for granted. Here's a perfect illustration with Peter. Peter begins to become a little too casual with Jesus. And he's not listening to what Jesus is saying. Rather than preparing himself, And dedicating himself to the purpose of what Jesus is saying, he started rebuking the plan. It's found in Matthew 16 verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Do you get how weighty that is, what happened? Because what Peter is doing is Peter has just tried to trade places with Jesus. And instead of following after what Jesus is saying he is trying to tell Jesus he's wrong and this is how things are going to be have you ever been there when all of a sudden because you don't like what you're hearing God say you start opposing God say no that no that can't happen that that can't be Jesus didn't want to die so when that comes out of Peter's mouth man Jesus answers him back and he said get behind me Satan he said because you savor the things of men and not of God I want you to hear what I'm going to say God knows what's coming. God has everything in control. This isn't a time for us to wring our hands and begin to say, no, no, this can't happen. This is a time for us to prepare ourselves to get ready for what he already has ready for us. And he's saying, draw close to me. These next 14 days of prayer and fasting are set up for that purpose. Are set up for us to draw close to Him so we can hear Him, so we can see Him. When I stand up here, it becomes a very weighty responsibility because I know that when I stand before God, I'm not just going to have to give an account of myself. I'm going to have to give an account of whether or not I gave you his word and helped you get there. So that's why around here we love so deeply. That's why my wife's always hugging folks. It's not for show, it's not a ploy, it's a passion. We love people. We don't care how much money you got or how much you don't have. We love people. And Jesus loves us. So let me ask you a question. How many of you are hungry to see the glory of God would you stand with me right now i was in alaska a few years ago i went into denali had ridden the rapids, seen the mountains. But they told me that the northern lights were showing up, not in, not in their, all their glory, but there were traces of the northern lights showing up. I wanted to see it. They said it usually hits the sky around 2 o'clock in the morning. And I waited 10, 12, 6 o'clock in the morning. And I missed it. I missed it because I grew tired. scripture says, be not weary in well-doing for in due season you're going to reap if you faint not. I missed it and I couldn't reclaim it. I wasn't going to be there another night. I can't miss this. I can't miss this place that God's wanting to take us. I am determined not only to go to be there but for all you to be there with me. So what I'm asking you to do for the next 14 days is commit yourself, sanctify yourself, dedicate yourselves in prayer and fasting. Pray for our church. Pray for our children. Pray for your families. I would like for you today at some point in time to sit down with a pencil and paper and write down three things that you're going to give up during these next 14 days. Some may be meat, I'm I'm not going to eat any pork or beef. Now, that doesn't count as a fast if you never eat pork or beef. Somebody said, I'll give that up because I don't like it anyway. You may decide that you need to shut the television off. Tune out CNN and tune into JC. Whatever it is that God deals with you about, I want it to be personal to you. I, I want you to write it down because then what that does is it makes it plain to you. So then, for the next 14 days, we are sacrificing and telling the flesh, no. And we're praying and asking God to take us to that place we've never been before. It's a place he's promised us, a place that he's spoken to us about. And we've felt, how many of you ever been to a place where all of a sudden you started feeling the presence and the power of God? And then you just, you, you feel it and you want to go deeper. You, you want. To. I'm just forewarning you, buckle your seatbelt because we are in for the ride of our life. Would you stretch your hands to heaven and begin to love him with me right now? Father, we thank you. We praise you. So what I'd like to do at the close of this service today, everyone that is able to just move to the front or as close to the front as you can, if not just where you're at, and and stand and, and stretch your hands to heaven. And we're going to take a few moments, starting right now, to dedicate ourselves to God and say, God, I, I want to be pleasing to you. I want to, I don't want to miss what it is you're trying to do in us and through us. So if you would come right now, very quickly. Everyone has their own field that they work in, that they labor in. How many of you go, I mean, you know, You've got your yard to mow, your garden to hoe, your weeds to kill. What if somebody showed up in your yard, cutting your flowers and saying, they're so pretty, I'd like them on my table? You'd probably say, oh, how about I show you how to plant some? so you can have some of your own. Look, God has something special for each and every one of us. Flowers that have our names on them. A work that he's made uniquely for us to do. There are people that you can touch that will never hear me. Once they find out preacher, it's like, but you have the ability, you have an inroad to them. There are people that I'm able to reach that you may never get to. But let us have God be the one that's commanding this vessel, piloting this ship. Staying in a place where we can see him. As you stretch your hands to heaven with me. I want to share a story with you and we're going to pray. I talked about piloting that ship. It reminded me of a boy that was on a large vessel in a storm. And it was being tossed around on top of those waters. People were running across the decks of that vessel, screaming, looking for life jackets and life boats. And in the midst of that chaos, stood that one young boy intently gazing through a window. The lady noticed him and ran up and grabbed him and said, son, what's wrong with you? Don't you understand what kind of danger went? Don't you understand that we could all die? What's wrong with you? You need to move. And he just looked at her calmly and he said, can you see through that window? And the woman stopped long enough to quit looking at the storm that was around her and look at the window that was in front of her. And when he she did that, she saw the captain of the ship with his hands on the wheel. And a big wave had hit, and that captain would pull that boat back on course. That young boy looked up at her, and he smiled. And he said, that man is my daddy, and I've seen him bring this vessel through a lot worse than this. He's taking us where we've never been before. Don't let storms become a distraction. They're just part of the journey, but they won't keep him from bringing the ship home. <laughs> As you stretch your hands to heaven with me right now, we're going to offer ourselves to him right now. Will you do it with me? Pray in your own way. Commit yourself to him. Father, we, we come to you today grateful and thankful for all that you're doing and all that you've done. God, I sense it in my spirit. I've tried my best today to get it into words. Sometimes I feel like I fail so miserably. We want you. We want to be in the center of your will. I don't want to be contending or trying to instruct you, I just want to follow you, God. Wrap your arms around us, Father, and bring us to that place together. We commit to you today, God, these 14 days, Father Lord, we're seeking your face. surrendering our flesh, and as Paul spoke, dying out daily. Don't let us miss this moment. Use us for your glory, and let us behold your wonders, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, can you give him a hand, clap of praise in here today? Don't forget to write those things down. You need to make you a little pad, paper, about those things that you start seeing God doing that you've been asking him about. And those things that you see God doing that you had no clue he was getting ready to do. <laughs> Come on, let's love him one more time. We love you, Father. We praise you. We glorify you. I'm excited, folks. The best days are in front of us, not behind us. So everybody grab hold, hang on, and let's make the trip together. In Jesus' name, we love you. Father, we pray your blessing over this congregation, God, going out and coming in. That you keep them and make them the apple of your eye. God, the center of your heart. And let us always hold you. In Jesus' name.